the way back to camp from the lake, I actually became a little sick and nauseous and we had to pull over. And then when I got back to camp, we were sitting around a campfire and I had this massive headache and I remember being slumped in my chair and my husband, my mother-in-law asked if I was okay. And I guess I couldn't really speak. And my husband got in my face and he was just like, are you okay? We drove as fast as we could down the mountain calling 911. My husband was hysterical because he didn't even know what a stroke was. He just knew everybody was saying that I was having a stroke because one of his uncles is a nurse. And I guess he had yelled it when he heard me slur my words. So we drove down the mountain calling 911. And luckily enough, there was already an ambulance on the mountain. I guess somebody else had gotten hurt. But once they got me to the ambulance and they put me in the ambulance, they had the ambulance drive to where a helicopter would meet us. They were saying I was a little combative. I think I still couldn't really believe what was happening. And I was just like, where's my husband? Somebody call my family because my family lives in New York. I'm originally from New York. And I was just like hysterical. And I remember they put me in the hospital room and they went through my femoral artery to remove the blood clot. So for physical therapy, it was just a lot of sit to stands and trying to get myself to walk again. I was walking with a hemi walker, but it was just trying to get the movements going again. And I got the return in my left leg pretty quickly. I want to say within the first two to three days. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to the fourth season of Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Stroke is the fifth highest cause of death and leading cause of disability in the United States. Each year, 10 to 15% of the nearly 795,000 people in America who have a stroke are young adults aged between 18 and 45. This episode features two stroke survivors, Courtney Joseph and Amy McDonald. First, we hear from Courtney from Arizona, who suffered a stroke at the age of 29. I was actually on a mountain. I was camping with my, my husband's family. It was like the second day we had gotten to camp. And that day I felt fine. However, my husband had just gotten a kayak. So we went to the lake so he could take the kayak back. On the way back to camp from the lake, I actually became a little sick and nauseous and we had to pull over. And then when I got back to camp, we were sitting around a campfire and I had this massive headache. And I remember being slumped in my chair and my husband, my mother-in-law asked if I was okay. And I guess I couldn't really speak. And my husband got in my face and he was just like, are you okay? Stop playing. Because they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not playing. And I was slurring my words. And then his brother picked me up and put me in the truck and we drove as fast as we could down the mountain calling 911. My husband was hysterical because he didn't even know what a stroke was. He just knew everybody was saying that I was having a stroke because one of his uncles is a nurse. And I guess he had yelled it when he heard me slur my words. So we drove down the mountain calling 911. And luckily enough, there was already an ambulance on the mountain. I guess somebody else had gotten hurt. But once they got me to the ambulance and they put me in the ambulance, they had the ambulance drive to where a helicopter would meet us so they could take me to the stroke hospital. Because in Scottsdale, Arizona, there's a really good stroke hospital. It was chaotic. I remember saying that we couldn't afford for me to go in the helicopter, which was accurate. And I kept telling the guy when he put me in the helicopter that I don't want to die like Kobe. I kept repeating that. Mm -hmm. And I barely remember that at all. And from there, they got me to the stroke hospital really quickly. I don't remember them putting me in the helicopter. I don't even remember being in the helicopter. 
When I got to the hospital, they were saying I was a little combative. I think I still couldn't really believe what was happening. And I was just like, where's my husband? Somebody call my family because my family lives in New York. I'm originally from New York. And I was just like hysterical. And I remember they put me in the hospital room and they went through my femoral artery to remove the blood clot. I was in the rehab for 10 days. Every day I did an hour of speech therapy, an hour of physical therapy, and an hour of occupational therapy. With the speech therapist, I really didn't require that much speech therapy. I just liked it because I'm like an English language arts person. So it was fun to kind of do those activities, which was like memory stuff. Like she would show me a picture and take it away and then ask me what the two objects on the pictures were, or she would give me words and I would have to repeat them back to her in order. For occupational therapy, she had me working on my hand a lot because I was paralyzed on my left side completely at that time. So, and I actually still don't have a functional left hand. She was doing a lot of electrical stimulation on my left hand to try to get that to, I guess, jumpstart because they do say that most of the return is within the first six months to a year. And for physical therapy, it actually ends up that the physical therapist was my cousin. I didn't even know. I just thought, I was like, oh, this girl is so beautiful. I was like, I wonder where she's from. And then the admitting physician actually told me when I told him where my parents were from, he was like, there's a girl here that's from there. And she ended up being my cousin, which was so fun. So that was nice to meet somebody and work with them that I'm related to. So for physical therapy, it was just a lot of sit to stands and trying to get myself to walk again. I was walking with a hemi walker, but it was just trying to get the movements going again. And I got the return in my left leg pretty quickly. I want to say within the first two to three days. Courtney continues with her therapy sessions. I've been going to an outpatient therapy the entire time since I was released from the hospital on July 10th, 2020 till now. And I'm actually still going. I just want to do everything I can to attempt to get this hand back. Like that's like the last piece that I'm waiting for. But I've done outpatient physical therapy, which I actually completed. And she said she feels like there's nothing more she can offer me that I can't offer myself. And I've done outpatient twice a week, every Monday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday, it switches with the month. And I was fortunate enough to not have to work for 2021. And for the first year, my husband pretty much went with me to all my appointments. He had changed his schedule so that he could take me to my appointments because I couldn't drive. Within the last six months or so, I started driving independently. That was really scary. I don't know, for some reason, I thought that I wouldn't be able to drive with just the one hand, even though really mostly you only drive with one hand. Recently, Courtney has returned to work. I was nervous. I'm still nervous because I've been gone for so long. I don't have access to any of my systems yet. I'm just like kind of sitting here trying to get everything started and I'm still showing as on a leave of absence in the system. But because what I did was mostly info entry, I can do everything with my right hand. Once my systems return, I'm just going to have to have certain accommodations. Like they can't hold me to the same standard as the employees with both hands because they're probably faster typers and they can do their work a little faster. So they're going to come up with some appropriate accommodations for me once all that gets set up. I would like to have a functional left hand. I can close my hand. And if I extend my arm all the way up, I can open the right hand. But that's literally the only way I can open it is if I extend it all the way up. So that's how I've been. Anything I've needed to do with my left hand, I have to raise my hand first, raise my arm, get it to open and then do it. 
and I told them my goal is just to be able to open the hand regularly and use it functionally. I've been really fortunate because my dad is a physical trainer and I've been able to go to New York for like three weeks at a time, four weeks, six weeks at a time and work with my dad. And when I'm with in New York, my dad takes me to the gym. We do my electrical stimulation every night because in Arizona, I don't have somebody to get that one-on-one time with because my husband works a lot. She's also turned to social media to create a community of stroke survivors. I just started putting stuff on Instagram and Facebook. I had posted all my videos from therapy on Facebook because I just wanted people to see that young people can have strokes too because a lot of people were like, oh my God, how did that happen? You're so young. And I'm like, a stroke can happen at any age. And a lot of people didn't know that. And I wanted them to see everything that goes into recovery. I was just reading this post that this girl posted about how they don't tell you after a stroke, your period gets kind of crazy. Nobody told me that. And I was experiencing that. So I told her it was very nice for me to read her story and to know about that. So now that's something I'm bringing up with my doctor on my next appointment. It's just nice to see everybody's experience. I like that. And I know when I first had the stroke, I look for representation. So I was looking for young Black girls that had strokes too. And I was like, I need to be the person that I'm looking for. To the survivor themselves, I would say it gets better. I know it feels like it's not going to get better, but if you do the work, it'll get better. It's really difficult sometimes after someone has a stroke because they're different. And I would advise uh, what me and my husband have done. We've gone to therapy over it because it did put a big strain on our relationship from finances to just the way that I viewed myself differently. So I was acting differently with my husband because I wasn't as confident and he was very used to having a very confident wife. It was a little difficult for him and he had to take over doing everything for me. And I know everybody was always asking him if he's okay, if it's too much, and he got very frustrated. So I know it's a frustrating thing to have to be a caretaker and to be thrust into that position. But the person that you're helping, they will appreciate it. And it's not their fault that this happened to them. So just hold on and help them through it. And you guys will get there. Coming up. I was at work one day. I had a little cold. I started coughing. I got a wicked bad headache. And then I was on the ground and they called the ambulance. I was having a brain hemorrhage, but they still have no idea why I had it. You know, I was a nurse, so I kind of knew what was happening. I knew I was having a stroke because the left side of my body started to go numb. My brain was just bleeding. And then I was in the hospital for three days before they decided to do surgery. I guess the bleed got really bad and life so they did emergency brain surgery. I was in rehab for four months after that. I had been so used to just being able to do whatever I wanted in my house, and now I'm limited. I can't move my left arm still. My left leg is weak, but I can walk, so that's it. But just, you know, trying to figure out how to do dishes again, how to clean my house. Luckily, my children are all older, so they didn't really need much from me. I find myself more daring than I was before, before the stroke, more willing to push my limits that I think, you know, now that I have limits, I want to see how far I can push them. It's been kind of an interesting thing for me to see how far I can do things and what I can do to keep going. Let's hear Amy's story 
She's from Vermont and suffered a stroke at the age of 50. I was a full-time registered nurse working in a hospice facility. I was the main breadwinner of my family. I have three children and a husband who also work. Hobbies, I was very active. I enjoyed hiking and gardening, cross-country skiing, swimming, all those things. I was at work one day. I had a little cold. I started coughing. I got a wicked bad headache. And then I was on the ground, and they called the ambulance. I was having a brain hemorrhage, but they still have no idea why I had it. You know, I was a nurse, so I kind of knew what was happening. I knew I was having a stroke because the left side of my body started to go numb. And my mother had had a stroke, but it was a totally, it was, you know, a clot. So I was assuming it was going to be a clot, and they'd get rid of the clot, and I'd be okay. But, you know, my brain was just bleeding. And then I was in the hospital for three days before they decided to do surgery. I guess the bleed got really bad and life-threatening. So they did emergency brain surgery. I was in rehab for four months after that. Amy's experience in her rehab facility was positive. Rehab was quite amazing, actually. I went to a very nice place. It was inpatient rehab. Everything is pretty accessible to you, and you're doing exercises every day, and they're making you get up right away, and I'm walking on the treadmill day one. So it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. After the rehab was where everything kind of got really hard, coming home and trying to figure out how to be me and my old surroundings and my new body was very hard for me. I had been so used to just being able to do whatever I wanted in my house and now I'm limited. I can't move my left arm still. My left leg is weak but I can walk so that's good. But just you know trying to figure out how to do dishes again, how to clean my house. Luckily my children are all older so they didn't really need much from me. Just trying to figure out my place in the world again I guess has been my struggle and trying to find a new community to be with which is why I started my Instagram page, just kind of trying to reach out to other people who have had strokes and kind of get support that way and offer support if I can to people. Physically, I'm kind of, you know, I'm getting stronger still. I still push myself. I still go to rehab. I've taken up things like rock climbing, which has been an amazing activity for me. I find myself more daring than I was before, before the stroke more willing to push my limits that I can, you know, now that I have limits, I want to see how far I can push them. It's been kind of an interesting thing for me to see how far I can do things and what I can do to keep going. You know, it's the day-to-day things that really are hard for me, just making my routine for myself and making sure I follow the routine and follow my exercises so I don't fall backwards. To keep herself fit, Amy's also turned to rock climbing. I found an amazing place that would take me on. It took a lot of searching, and you really have to be your own advocate after a stroke. I decided you really have to be loud if you want to get what you want. So I found the place I wanted to go to, and I pestered them enough to take me on. And they climb with me. One person's on my left side and kind of helps me make sure my foot is placed in the right spot. That's the part I have a hard time with. And then I just kind of climb up with one arm and both legs. It's great for me because it makes me concentrate on my left leg, which sometimes I kind of forget to use. 
So the instructor's there to remind me to use my left leg and to make sure that I don't hurt myself as I go up. But I've gotten to the point now where I can kind of climb the wall myself, which I did not was not able to do at all in the beginning. So I've been climbing for about a year. And it's been an amazing experience for me. It's helped with my confidence. It's helped with my strength. And it's kind of given me a little community there that I really have appreciated and loved. She has remained positive about the impact the stroke has had on her life. It has fundamentally changed what I can do, like things that I used to do for enjoyment. I am trying to find all kinds of new things to do. I feel like I'm more confident now than I was before, strangely enough. I feel like I'm more able to speak up and talk about what I need, which has been a wonderful benefit of the stroke. I'm trying to concentrate very hard on what I've gained from the stroke and not what I've lost which sounds weird, but when I was first coming out of, when I first got home, I kind of went into a spiritual place with my stroke and started doing a lot of meditation and mindfulness stuff. And that's really helped me a lot. Just making sure I take everything day to day and not try to think too far into the future or the past, you know, just go day to day. That's what I have to do. I've done a lot of research on adaptable sports and luckily Vermont has an awful lot of adaptable programs you know they have a few different places you can go i found um, green mountain adaptive sports which is an amazing program and i've been able to kayak with them they got me i'm going to go skiing next month or next week actually which i've never done downhill skiing before so i'm going to try it for my first time after the stroke like rock i mean i never did rock climbing before the stroke either so that's where i'm finding my communities in the adaptable sports which is wonderful because it keeps me active and it gives me like-minded people to talk to. Instagram I've used to kind of reach out and find the different communities that I can kind of reach out to. And I'm finding that you really have to be quite persistent to get people to respond to you, almost obnoxiously so, which feels pretty weird because I'm not someone that would usually pester people, but... I really feel like I have to kind of put myself out there in order to get any kind of response. And Amy thinks that perseverance is the key. Patience, understanding, be patient with yourself. Everything takes time. Don't give up. Make your needs known. And don't be embarrassed to ask for things. That's been a hard one for me, is learning to let people help me since I was always the caregiver and always the helper as a nurse and mom. You know, it's been a really hard switch. But it's also brought me and my husband a lot closer together because I've had to let him help me. Both Courtney and Amy have worked hard to adapt to their lives post-stroke and have each turned to social media to create a community of stroke survivors who can help each other. Thanks very much for listening to Stroke Stories. We do value your support. Please do rate and comment on the episodes you hear. That'll help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and you can share your story with us, we'd love to hear from you. Our DMs on Twitter and Instagram are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listener.